Hello and welcome to the Hurricane Spectacular episode of Under the Bridge. I don't know if spectacular is the right word for the current situation. Well, you know what? If I don't come up with some positive way to spin it, Greg, I'm going to lose my gosh darn mind. That is fair. I'm Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And I am Greg, a.k.a. Greg. And stuff happened this week, as it always does. Indeed. The never-ending cycle. Yes. I got a couple little bits of game news. Mm-hmm. We have our newest multiverses character. Oh, and God. It's Rick Sanchez. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> He's playable as of today, September 26th. Okay. And he can summon Meeseeks. <laughs> uh, Alright. For some strange reason, I feel like that's not the absolute craziest thing they could have added to the game, so hey, that works. It's gonna take a lot to top LeBron James, I think. Oh, I feel like it would take a lot to top both him and Hugh Neutron. Hugh Neutron's not in Multiverses. Oh, shit, I'm getting mixed up with Nickelodeon. You thought, you thought they were adding Rick Sanchez to Nickelodeon <laughs> All-Star Brawl? I would actually buy the game if they did. Wow. I'm not kidding. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I can say that because I played the Nickelodeon game and I did not care for it. <laughs> oh, boy. Fun reminder, Rick and Morty Season 6 is currently ongoing, and I still have to watch Seasons 4 and 5. There's six seasons of it now? Yeah. Jesus. Right? When did that happen? For real. Okay. Insanity. Mm. And my other bit of game news... Mm-hmm. Marvel Entertainment and Motive Studio are teaming up for an Iron Man game. Oh, like EA Motive? EA Motive. Huh. For whatever reason, I did not have EA lined up as making any Marvel anything, so that's kind of a surprise. Yeah. Hmm. Especially after the, you know, some of the Star Wars stuff. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> per their website... The game will feature an original narrative that taps into the rich history of Iron Man, channeling the complexity, charisma, and creative genius of Tony Stark and enabling players to feel what it's like to truly play as Iron Man. So they're giving players the ability to play as a childish, overly wealthy narcissist? And get drunk and pee in your suit? Hell yeah. <laughs> Only if it's VR will I be interested in that concept. Well, do we get to adopt a boy from Queens that has spider powers as well? There's no mention of that in this release. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Indeed. So that's exciting. We're also, and I can't believe I missed this during the D23 thing, because I, I know I was aware of it, I just didn't say it. We're getting that Black Panther Captain America World War II game with uh, Cap and T'Challa's granddad. So it's a nice day to have a bunch of not-ensemble games. I feel like I should hate that sentence, but I am eagerly curious about that <laughs> right because it's not it's not spider-man it's not avengers and it's uh, i don't know well no it's just the thing of t'challa world war Two. not exactly what i had picked although if it takes well, place it's his for... grandfather it's not t'challa ah fair enough granted if it's the black panther in the north africa campaign then yeah i am all for that <laughs> so that's neat i'm glad they're expanding their profiles a little bit to more than just team-up games and Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm pretty sure they have been anyway, but you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Can we get a, can we get a Daredevil open-world sandbox? <laughs> How would that work? Well, just looking at it this way, you wouldn't have to waste time with a bunch of graphics making the city skyline look realistic. You could just put it in <laughs> radar vision. <laughs> I could see them doing a Daredevil game, but have it be Persona. With the whole thing of, like, you playing as Matt Murdock, the lawyer, by day, and then you go and kick people's asses at night. <laughs> Yo! You know what? Daredevil visual novel. Oh, yeah. That, too. Do it like Ace Attorney. Boom! <laughs> this is such a good idea. Hmm. I hate it. <laughs> I was like, you're so excited. It's like, oh, never mind. <laughs> Anyways, I'm moving on. Mm-hmm. To film and film-adjacent stuff. Alrighty. James Earl Jones is officially retiring from voicing Darth Vader. Now, is he retiring in general, or just from voicing Darth Vader? Seems like Darth Vader. Okay, I wonder why specifically Darth Vader. 
Presumably because Disney wants to use Darth Vader in a lot of shit. Fair. And he has signed off on artificial intelligence synthetic speech being used to recreate his voice. Okay, I was going to already say, I could have sworn I saw something ages ago that he actually owns the rights to Darth Vader's voice. Or something I along hope those lines. So. Yeah. Okay, well hey, if he's making a decent paycheck off of, especially off of voicing one of the most legendary fictional characters ever created, then hey, good for him. Yeah, more power to him. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that they use that for Obi-Wan, so... Hmm. Hmm. At least we know it works. To be fair, even... I haven't really heard, well, t t from what I've experienced so far, I haven't really heard or come across anything that's, like, a bad Darth Vader. There are definitely ones where it's, like, you hear him talk, and even though the cadence is about the same, you can very clearly tell it's not James Earl Jones. But mm. to the credit, I have yet to hear a bad official Darth Vader voice. Doesn't mean it can't happen, though. <laughs> yeah, it's like most Jokers. You have to mm. try to fuck up the Joker. Mm -hmm. Which makes it even more astounding when you get people like Jared Leto and whoever voiced him in Young Justice. <laughs> it's like, you've done it. You've done the impossible. <laughs> you've made a shitty Joker. My you've God. <laughs> they said it couldn't be done. And it was done, unfortunately. But like the theme song of Drake and Josh, you found a way. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I was to say, that's a callback I was not at all ready for. But I'm standing by it. <laughs> the joke, not Drake Bell. No, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just felt I had to specify there. <laughs> We're getting another Cloverfield movie. Okay. Yeah. They're keeping it secret. Of course they are. I mean, granted, it's been a while since I've seen any of the Cloverfields, but I'm not surprised that they're keeping it secret. Yeah, I wonder what they're going to do this time, now that the previous Cloverfield movie ended up revealing why all this stuff is happening. Hmm. Because it was all particle accelerator BS. Uh, yeah. yeah, dimensions are wrong, space is screwy, time is warped. That sort of thing. Eh? That's one of, I feel like that's one of those things where that should be more interesting than it is. Yeah, probably. But that's... This is where we are. Hmm. Either way, still probably gonna see this one. <laughs> it's actually a little bit interesting. This is the first time that they've announced something as a Cloverfield movie. What do you mean? Do they usually give small hints at something but don't explicitly say it until it's, like, about to come out? Yeah, 10 Cloverfield Lane and Cloverfield Paradox weren't actually shown to be Cloverfield movies until their trailers came out, because they originally had different titles. Hmm. Oh, that's that's interesting. I wonder if that means they're getting more of a plan, or if it means they have less of a plan. <laughs> like, it's... is it now, okay, we figured out what we're doing with Cloverfield, or is it, uh, well, uh, mm, this, this has been confusing so far, screw it, let's just tell them we're making Cloverfield this time. Oh, I figured it'd be something where it's like, they make a movie, and it's like, alright, this is gonna be a spin-off. This is not gonna be connected at all. And then, like, at a certain point, it's like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> Let's make it part of Cloverfield. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Hard to tell. But I guess we'll find out whenever we get a trailer. Right. I forget, did you see the first Nun? I'm pretty sure I did. I just don't remember a lot of it. Well, we're getting a sequel, and Storm Reid is the lead actress. Okay. Also, side note, she is in so many things, and I did not realize. So I actually did look her up beforehand, and I kn I said, I was like, I know I've seen you in a bunch of shit. <laughs> yeah, I did not realize until I looked it up, but she's the daughter in The Invisible Man. She's the main character of A Wrinkle oh. in Time. Oh, really? <laughs> She's Bloodsport's daughter in the Suicide Squad. Wow, she has some range in her resume, that's for sure. <laughs> right? My god! Well, good for her. She's, I feel she was, so bad that I've never noticed this before. She was the main character in A Wrinkle in Time. That is amazing. We made so much fun of that movie. How did we not notice? <laughs> I guess we were too busy making fun of everything else in the movie. 
I mean, to be fair, there's a lot to make fun of in the movie. There's a lot of very distracting things in the movie to make fun of. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Anyways, it's releasing September 8th, 2023. We don't know much about it, but it is said to be set in the 1950s. Okay. Let's get my attention and just want the time period. I'm just glad we're getting more Conjuring stuff. Because mm. this, it's not the best series of horror films, but it's one of those ones where some of them are pretty damn good, and even the bad ones are still... Well, okay, La Llorona was pretty bad. <laughs> Apparently, they can't even really make up their minds about whether that is one or not. Hmm. Even though Annabelle's in it, and one of the characters is reprising a role, the director has said it is not one, because it doesn't have any of the production team for the main Conjuring movies on it. Do you think that was something said out of respect for the team? I have no idea. Hmm. Studio politics are weird to me. Fair. It's like, if it's got if it's got characters in common and elements in common, it's it's part of that thing. Yeah, it might not be directly, like, breaking off from it, but it's part of that universe. Yeah. But I guess we'll see. Maybe they'll make a Curse of La Llorona 2 and we'll get some clarity. <laughs> Who, man? Did you know Tom Hardy does jujitsu? No. <laughs> I did not. But I can see it. I can 100% see it in all honesty. Well, get ready for a real surprise because he entered the 2022 Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Open Championship and ultimately ended up winning. No kidding. Good for him. Yeah. Crazy. All right. That Definitely not on my 2022 bingo card, but I am happy for him. <laughs> Tom Hardy doing jujitsu <laughs> and winning at jujitsu. Crazy. You think Venom told him to? <laughs> Eddie, we have to flip this guy, Eddie. Eddie, beat the shit out of these guys, Eddie. Venom, what are you talking about? <laughs> we're, we're going to be the best jujitsuers ever. <laughs> I'm just blazing through this news. I mean, fa- <laughs> oh, man. honestly, the t- Tom Hardy winning is definitely the le- the most surprising thing. <laughs> yeah, the- I probably should have ended with that one, but... <laughs> hey, what can you do? We now have Jeff Kaplan and Ian Springer tapped to write the script for Fantastic Four. I know I've heard Jeff Kaplan's name before. That's an excellent question. That wasn't uh, yeah, a I'm pretty sure. I've... <laughs> I mean, like I said, I'm pretty sure I've heard his well, name. Well, no before, relation so... to the Blizzard guy. Okay. What? Oh, thank God! Actually, yeah. <laughs> no relation. No relation to the former VP of Blizzard. Okay. That might be where you've heard that name before. You know what? It probably is. <laughs> yeah. I am very glad that is not the same person. No, 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 no. Because mm. if it was, uh, start worrying for any prospective actress playing Sue Storm. Right. That's that's a poor joke, but I'm going to stick with it. It's it's a poor joke, but it's not a wrong joke. Oh, it's very wrong. It's just not <laughs> incorrect. Mm. <laughs> Who boy. It's also said that now that the script is being written, Feige and Matt Shackman, the director, are turning their focus on finding actors. So, perhaps we will get some news next Comic-Con. Well, here's to hoping. Or perhaps the next D23. Who knows? Hmm. Boy, what a what an absolute cycle. As far as? Comic-Con was just two months ago, and D23 was, what, a month ago? No, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm already waiting for the next one. <laughs> I hate me. I mean, it's it's part of the passion, or, or something. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, it's like what me and what car shows used to be for me, so I get it. Somewhat MCU adjacent, and this one was not on the list, but I'm including it anyway. Mm-hmm. Fantastic Fest, an annual film festival in Austin, Texas, had... Surprise first screenings of Werewolf by Night. Oh, really? And the first reactions are, is good! Well, that's a good sign. Yeah, obviously all first reactions should be taken with a grain of salt. 
This one, I think, is maybe a little more convincing because it's not like this was a press event that they knew what they were getting into beforehand, so they're predisposed to say nice things because it makes them more likely to get invited back. Yeah, especially since it's not, if it's a surprise thing, then they're just like showing it to people like completely cold then. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, granted, I can understand why there might be a little bit of skepticism because it's still an event for fans of, you Film know, the, the company. Yeah, but if it's still cold, so if people are responding very positively towards it, then that, I would still say that's a good sign of things to come. Yeah, it sounds like it's a love letter to 30s and 40s horror. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of monsters in it, which, ah, I'm so excited, I can't wait! Still don't get how this is a, like, I know this is a Marvel thing, but with the whole setup of it, it's like, there's a part of my brain that just can't believe it, I guess. <laughs> well, now that I'm doing poorly explained comics as a little side series, maybe I can bring you up hmm. to speed on Werewolf by Night that way. Uh, possibly. Obligatory plug for my own stuff, on my own stuff. I'm so good! <laughs> I'm so good at plugs. And so bad at every other aspect of content. Aww. Moving on from my own self-deprecation. <laughs> Bros is not premiering in any Middle Eastern markets. I don't get how this is news. <laughs> I know that sounds kind of mean, but it's one of those things where I saw that on my feed, it's like, no shit? <laughs> no, it's not. It's news. It's just not surprising. Yeah, no. It's just one of those things where it's like, Bros is not coming. It's not coming to the Middle East. So it's like, okay, is there a report saying that water isn't wet? Like, did that change too? It It's rather like a hurricane coming to Florida. It's still news <laughs> when it happens. It's just not surprising. Right. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Say no more. Say no more. I don't know. I don't it's kind of one of those things where especially given like a lot of the crazy like backlash this was happening for even like the most minor inclusions of homosexual movies over the past few Eternals. <laughs> it's like one kiss. Pull the kiss. No. Then the movie doesn't premiere. That's fine. Yeah, it's like it's like, okay. <laughs> I really still wish that the sex scene had been Fastos and his husband instead of Cersei and Icarus. <laughs> I do too, but only because it would be the thing. Like, the original sex scene was one where I, I still make the joke of, like, I feel so bad for the parents who are just like, oh, Marvel <laughs> Yeah, movie. let's bring let's the, take kids. the kids. To this. If it was a gay sex scene, the the absolutely, like, horrible human being part of my brain would have loved that even more. Oh, that would have been so funny, because you know there would be people dragging their kids out going, Hurrah! How very much down! <laughs> I don't know what that was supposed to be, but I'm glad I did it. Yes. And you know what? Neither do I. <laughs> but no, funny thing that I did not realize until it was pointed out to me in the Variety article where I got this thing about it not releasing in the Middle East from, mm -hmm. it is the first R-rated gay rom-com made by a major studio. Huh. It's one of those I things where it sounds unbelievable, else. but then you start trying to rack yeah. your brain for another one made by one of the big five. Think about it. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where you would think, because it's so, it seems like, like an easy, an easy thing. Except for all the markets speaking. you can't release it in. Uh, fair enough. Um, it's one of those things where it yeah. sounds like it can't be possible until you realize, oh, right, gay R-rated rom-com. No wonder no other studio has made this before. The R rating means you can't get teenagers in to see it, and the gay rom-com bit means it's not releasing in a bunch of different territories. True. So you either yeah, gotta yeah. have a really, really good movie that's gonna make a bunch of money domestically and in the territories that will let it out, or you just gotta not give a damn. <clears throat> we'll see which one this is. I have a... Based on what's been shown, I have a feeling this one is kind of in the not-give-a-damn territory. That's right. This is That's one of the movies coming out this weekend. Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's either that or Smile. And I'll level with you. I might go see Smile, but... I am definitely more interested in Bros than Smile. I don't blame you. I just have to stick to my horror guns. That's completely fair. It is that time of year. I did not get to go see Pearl last night, and that makes me sad. 
Oh. Yeah, I was gonna go see it at 1.05 in the afternoon, and then I roll up at 1.03, and that showtime doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> I wonder what happened there. So then I got a ticket for 10.45 because it wasn't gonna cost me anything anyway, but then as I got closer to 10.45 because it was the only remaining showtime, I was just like, I'm tired and I'm not going anywhere. Hmm. So that's why I didn't see Pearl. Hopefully I will get the chance. But that's not what this is about. I'm just stalling for time. <laughs> I'm stalling for trailer time. Trailer time. You like what I did I there? Oh. Okay, fair play. Because <laughs> if you like what I did there, make sure to like the video, comment, and subscribe. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm experimenting with the format. I want to see what happens if I say that in the middle of the video instead of at the very end. But also say it at the very end. That's fair, but you just caught me completely off guard. <laughs> Great. So I smash your expectations like everybody else should. Smash that motherfucking like, like button. button. <laughs> oh, I thought I would be able to do it in unison with you, but uh. you went even harder than I did. <laughs> So, what what do you think we should start with? So, funnily enough, two of the things on here I actually saw in front of Don't Worry Darling. Yeah, I did not expect that, but I was very pleased. Oh, yeah. It's like, this saves me some time. <laughs> I still don't understand why they changed the name of Pray for the Devil. Wait, what was it before? It was The Devil's Light. There were trailers for the movie calling it The Devil's Light. Okay, you know what? It was a thing, like, when I saw it in front of seeing Don't Worry Darling, I was like, I know this movie's happening, because I know I've seen clips of this before, but I still feel unfamiliar with it. That makes sense. Yeah, I thought I was crazy, because when it when I first started seeing trailers for it again, after whatever it had the name change, I thought I was going nuts, because it's like, no, this movie was called The Devil's Light, wasn't it? What? Mm. But... Then why is it, huh? And then I looked it up. Yeah, they changed the name, and I still can't figure out why you would do that. Especially in the middle of the marketing campaign. Because then you got to draw up all new posters, and you got to rebrand mm. the trailers, and then you got a bunch of people like me who are pedantically mocking you for this decision. <laughs> <laughs> it is seems, a strange decision. just seems stressful. <laughs> why would anybody bother? It is a strange decision, though. <laughs> Otherwise, this does not look scary. No, it doesn't. It looks... I mean, I guess it looks kind of anxiety-inducing, but it's definitely not scary. The scariest I... thing about it is the patriarchy. Hmm. Yeah, just a little bit. The papal patriarchy. <laughs> yeah, for this trailer, it does definitely feel... It feels somehow less inter makes the movie less interesting compared to the first original trailer for it. Yeah, I and I remember that. Don't know how. Yeah, that's impressive. And I'm still good probably way. gonna go see it because I think I think it's the most interesting movie for me at least that weekend. It might be going up against Till, which makes me feel sad just looking at it, and I'm sad enough. I'm probably gonna lean towards Till myself. No, that's fair. <laughs> that is a hunt. No, wait. Till's the same weekend as. No, that's the limited release as Halloween ends. Yep, wide release is Pray for the Devil. Okay, if it's if it's Halloween ends or Till, I'm definitely picking Till. Just gonna be honest. <laughs> it's probably Pray for the Devil or Till because that's when the wide okay. release happens. Hmm. But yeah, good thing there's not many weeks left because they need to stop doing trailers for this one. <laughs> This did not sell me on anything. No, it did not. I, I, meanwhile, the back of my brain is going, watch them like change the name of it again right <laughs> the week before the movie comes One out. One more time. <laughs> they just call it's it, like, what, Lady Exorcist or something? Yeah. Oh boy. Mm. Meanwhile, we also got a trailer in front of Don't Worry Darling for Knock at the Cabin. I am more interested in this than I feel like I should ever be interested in an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Starring Dave Bautista. And it's be honestly, it's because Dave Bautista's in it. <laughs> yeah, don't get me wrong, he looks like he's good in this, it's just really funny to me, and as soon as I saw M. Night Shyamalan's name in front of it, I laughed. Yeah, no. It's, especially because it is... We I know that we sometimes give trailers like crap for revealing too much of the story in the trailer. But in this particular case, 
it really was like the most on-brand trailer for this man because it was just like we are here to stop the apocalypse and you have to make a terrible decision it's like all right i'm kind of into this because dave batista's like being a doomsdayer but i still need significantly more context than this guys <laughs> now see what it's gonna be because there's always a twist what there's gonna be for the m night shama limiting don't twist is that <laughs> i did not expect to have to do a laugh break there but okay <laughs> very good i predict mm. the twist is going to be oh no whatever they were supposed to do really was necessary to stop the apocalypse Oh, so the so the ready or not method. Yeah, something like that. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Mm, okay. Otherwise, I thought this one was actually decent. Yeah, like I said, it definitely looks interesting. It, um, it's a good suspense builder if it just... Shyamalan's name does not inspire confidence. No, this is kind of... It is unfortunate. I feel like if they did an After Earth and just left his name out of it until the end of the movie, it would probably be much more of a grabber. <laughs> yeah. I forget what I thought of Old, but I don't want to have to rewatch Old to figure it out. Mm. So I won't. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't blame you. We got an official trailer for Strange World. And then talking about trailers that reveal too much about the story. <laughs> yeah, this one's... Uh, why is the why are all the real villains of Disney movies lately just shitty parenting? Yeah, yeah. No, I I'm kind of with you there. It felt like the whole thing of like when he when he's like, "You got me a machete for my birthday." It's like, yeah, it was amazing. I was too. It's like, all right, all right. We know Black Widow was really cool, but goddamn, <laughs> settle down, David Harbor. Yeah, like that's that's like what it reminded me of was just during like the whole like bonding scenes in in, Bla in Black Widow. Being reminded of Black Widow is not the best sign. I mean, I'm I'm I need to stop using the word interested. I need to think of something else. It's piqued your curiosity. It has piqued my curiosity. I did not realize that one of the other characters was his son until they started talking about grandfather because like they don't look all that. Mm -hmm. different in age no not really like you look at jake gyllenhaal's character and and jaeger i think jaeger hmm. liger zero jaeger and <laughs> you could tell they're different generations but yeah jake gyllenhaal and his son all i can think is just you guys look like maybe i don't know 10 years apart yeah they 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 look like they could just be like really like long separated by time siblings yeah so one thing that does confuse me why is the president going with them <laughs> because she can i guess it just seems like a bad call oh it's an extremely bad call but unless maybe you get to be the president in this universe by being the biggest badass ever to badass Mm. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. It certainly looks pretty. It looks gorgeous. I do love the color palette for it. It, it looks very pretty. And especially like with like all like the creatures and like other aspects of the world they're in. It's yeah. at least very visually appealing. So definitely props for that. The real question is how marketable is Splat going to turn out to be? <laughs> when I saw that, it was like, oh, there's the toy. There's, there's the, the toy Morris. right there. Yeah. <laughs> There's the Groot. There's the weird duck, guinea pig, whatever things from Star Wars. There's Tuk Tuk. Tuk Tuk. That's not the thing from Star Wars. That's the thing from Ryan the Last Dragon. The things from Star Wars uh, are called Porgs. Okay, thank you. <laughs> There's the... That capybara in Encanto that doesn't do anything in the movie, really, <laughs> but is still part of all the marketing for some reason. Right. That was weird. That was very strange. Speaking of strange... But not Strange World, because we just did. Mm -hmm. Among the Living. So, as I'm watching this trailer, I'm like, alright, I know this is really B-movie-esque. And then it got to the final bit, where it's like, comes out October 4th, Blu-ray re release a month later. It's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. 
Although it's it's one of those things where, in a certain way, it's also kind of cool because I was like, okay, so is this like an, is this like, indie horror movie? Because if because if that's the case, it's like okay, that's kind of neat. But seeing that like back to back doesn't exactly inspire confidence either. I think the worst thing about it is that janky ass camera. Yeah. Because I saw that, and I genuinely thought there was something wrong with my internet connection. <laughs> Turns out, apparently not. Yeah, no, that was strange. The way that the movie, or not the movie, the way that the trailer was like presented and all the things that were like showing up, it kind of felt like it was trying to be a mix of The Last of Us and The Quiet Place, and didn't really get it right on either front. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like almost every zombie movie I've seen before, in the sense of, oh, the real hell is other people. Mm. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Except I can't even follow half of it, because again, janky-ass camera. Right. And I don't know if that's supposed to be a stylistic choice that's completely intentional, or just somebody doesn't know how to operate a camera. A bit of column A, column B. Yeah, we'll find out. Mm-hmm. Which leaves one final trailer for trailer time. The loneliest boy in the world. This might actually be the most unethical trailer I have ever seen. Really? <laughs> no, just because of the subject matter of the movie. <laughs> you know, when you put it like that, that's a fair point. I was racking my brains going, really, you think Impractical Jokers is more ethical than this? But <laughs> <laughs> Ethics textbook? What's that? I, it's like it's not even a thing. It's like toss out of the trash. It's like you toss in the dumpster, set it on fire, and then threw it at somebody's like oak tree in their front yard. <laughs> this book won't stop me because I can't read. <laughs> this won't stop book won't stop me because I need friends. I know this defies the law of gravity, but you see, I never studied law <laughs> or gravity or nature <laughs> or ethics. <laughs> Clearly not. I'm more into this than I feel like I should be. Premise aside, it does look... I don't think it looks good, but it does look goofy and adorable. Yeah, it's almost... It's almost Henry Selleck-esque. Mm. For reference, he did Coraline and Nightmare Before uh, Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see that. It's got that same sort of... How absolutely fucked up, but how strangely whimsical. Yeah. Also, James the Giant Peach. Also, oh, oh, wow. <laughs> yep. Well, it's, for me, it's the combination of how fucked up it is, but not only how whimsical it all is, but how everyone's just kind of like, yeah, this is, this is fucked up, but we love each other. We're back from the dead, it's fine. Yeah, everything's cool. It's like, I have so many questions. Especially the bit where the surrogate zombie mom goes, honey, I might be dead, but I'm not stupid. I have multiple problems with that sentence. <laughs> or when he accidentally knocks his surrogate sister's head off. <laughs> also that. And that was one of those things where, why why is there even a slight part of my brain that's going, this is kind of cute? Because this is really fucked up. <laughs> yeah, this should not be funny or charming. And yet, yeah. here we are. <laughs> I, I definitely... Yeah, this one's definitely piqued my curiosity a bit. I would, I probably do lean a little bit towards seeing it in theaters. Nice. Same. Hopefully we get the chance. I don't remember if this one's wide release or not. It might be limited. Mm. So I guess we'll find out. Okay. Which, before we get into the review, just leaves this weekend's box office. Alrighty. On this episode of Did We See the Highest Grossing Movie of the Weekend Domestically? Yes, we did. Finally. <laughs> because Don't Worry Darling took it with a $19.2 million domestic weekend in total for $30 million worldwide. Second place was The Woman King with $11.1 million domestically for a $36.299 million domestic total and $37.599 million worldwide. Third place, the Avatar re-release, which took in $10 million domestically and made $30.5 million worldwide, so that actually did better this weekend worldwide than Don't Worry Darling. Mm. Fourth place, Barbarian, with $4.8 million domestically for a $28.4 million domestic total and $29.9 million worldwide. And in fifth place, 
Pearl, which still does not seem to have gotten an international release, but pulled down $1.9 million this weekend for $6.65 million total. Is this the first week in, like, four months that Maverick isn't in the top five? No, I don't think it was in last week either. Okay, <laughs> I was gonna say, it just occurred to me, it's like, Yeah, I'm pretty wait. sure I bamboozled you with that last week and made you think it was Top Gun Maverick, when in actuality it was not. Okay. <laughs> but now I'm gonna check, because now I'm not sure. One moment. Fair enough. And if you want to know, and you want to know in advance, just rewatch the episode. <laughs> it's good for metrics. Yes. I think. I don't have enough metrics to know. <laughs> Help a guy out. Help a brother out. <laughs> I'm glad you <laughs> said it, so I didn't have to. <laughs> yeah, no, Top Gun Maverick did not make it into the top five domestically last weekend. Alright, cool. Maybe now you'll be able to get it on Blu-ray soon. Oh, here's the hoping. I gotta get Love and Thunder. Like, next week. <laughs> I know I complained about this last weekend, but I'm still going to complain about it anyway. God damn it. <laughs> I, see, now, I would say you don't have to, but at this moment, you know I can... that's no fake. Well, it's also a thing of, like, I can't argue that anymore, considering literally my PS2 collection. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I no longer have the right to, like, Mr. make that Video argument. Mr. Video Game Collector. Uh, don't remind me, man. I say with my <laughs> Night Trap for the, for the Switch. You say with your Persona games for PSP. <laughs> I say with my Persona 5 Royal Phantom Thieves mm. Edition. To be fair, that does look cool. Though. It is so sick! <laughs> and I like having it so much, it makes me feel good to have. And also, once again, can't talk because $110 Ace Combat art book in my What in the? My right, that is a thing. <laughs> yes, it is. And it was one of those things where it's like, I don't care. I am never seeing this again. I am going to buy this. <laughs> Fair. Mm. So I think we're good to talk about Olivia Wilde's second film, Don't Worry Darling. Mm-hmm. Booksmart was better. To be fair, that's a high bar. It's a high bar to clear, I'm just saying. Oh, Booksmart yeah. Booksmart was it... clearly the superior film. Oh, no contest whatsoever. Should we tell people... That hopefully non-spoiler breakdown of what the movie was? Yeah, like it's a, a quick premise of the whole thing. Yeah, you want to take it this time? I can attempt to. Oh boy, uh -huh. I can't wait to see where this goes. Hit me with it. <laughs> you can't see it, but I'm sitting back in a, I'm sitting back in a reclining armchair with a bubble pipe like, ah, oh, very good. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, the basic premise of the movie is that it's set in the 1950s and the main characters are Florence... Pew, I can never figure out if I'm actually saving, saying her last name correctly. I'm pretty sure it's Pew. Okay. But what the For fuck do I know? <laughs> no, no, it's fine. We fixed it. We have the technology or something. Florence Pugh and Harry Styles play um, the main couple in this 1950s-ass paradise in the middle of the desert type of situation. It's them and a whole bunch of like their neighbors all like living this life in this artificial paradise completely separated from the rest of society in order to prove, at least this is what I was trying to get out of it, that they are better than the rest of society by having their own little world. Of course, as the movie progresses, we are dropped small hints with Florence Pugh that not everything is as it seems. Okay, it is Pugh. I just yeah. looked it up. <laughs> I'm real happy for you and I'm gonna let you finish, but it is pronounced Pugh. I mean, I'm pretty much finished because the thing about this movie is that there's no way to really go more into the setup of it without really spoiling anything. Because oh, yeah. in my opinion, in my opinion, the main initial setup of it is there's not really a lot to it. Like there's not really a lot going on in the whole like 1950s esque side of things. Well, you know how it goes. You can't make an omelet without breaking a dozen eggs and finding out that they're all empty. <laughs> that was weird. That was kind of a thing of like. As that was happening, it's like, okay, so is this another hallucination, or is this just straight up a fake-ass egg? Given what's talked about in the movie in regards to this artificial paradise, either one is equally likely. <laughs> yeah, that is true. We'll get more into that in spoilers, but I just felt like making an omelet joke. Fair. Well, what what do you have to talk about it? Florence Pugh is great. Hmm. Harry Styles is doing his best. Mm -hmm. 
Chris Pine makes a great villain, and I don't think that's a spoiler to say. No, well, no, because it's telegraphed, like, immediately. <laughs> and this movie is rife with unfortunate implications. But, yeah. And I don't just mean the blatant textual unfortunate implications. I mean, there, there, are, some... there are some marks missed on this movie. Mm-hmm. Which we'll get into more later on when we're free to talk details. But, I mean, aesthetically, it's fine. Aesthetically, it's pretty uh, cool. Aesthetically, it's really cool. Given, like, the whole setup and everything, it's kind of got me in the thought process of, like, okay, immediately falling. Especially with the whole area being called Project Victory. It's like, okay, this is, like, an immediate post-World Red flag, but also post-World War II, like, we've won, and now we're using all of our resources as a superpower to, like, create this new utopia my initial thought process with the whole thing was like, these are all government employees and they're trying to like build a thing for the government. Boy, howdy was I wrong, but we'll get into that. <laughs> all I can think is, oh man, we won World War II and we are now one of the preeminent superpowers of the planet. What do we do now? Gelatin mold! <laughs> and the thing is with that too is that when I... <laughs> When I found out what was actually going on, I was actually immediately disappointed because I liked my idea much more. <laughs> I'm trying not to judge it against what I thought was going on because that's not necessarily a fair way to judge the movie. And because uh. the more I think about it, the more I realize every idea of what this could have been was going to bump up against some kind of logistical issue. Mm, fair. Granted, this way does not make a lick of sense. Yeah. But it wasn't going to make a lick of sense any which way you looked at it. True. At least I don't think. Yeah. If there is anything I have to give props for, they either made, got some really great recreations or found some people who keep really good care of all these 1950s cars because cause this is the kind of stuff I pay attention to. Initially, I thought they were just you know, like reproductions or whatever, because a few of the cars that are shown are actually very valuable cars. But then as as I'm watching and I see the way the body like horrendously leans over and turns, I was like, holy shit, these are the actual cars and they are pristine. Good job, whoever's job it is to source cars. You, you did a good job here. I do actually think the aesthetics of the movie overall are really cool because both the 1950s aesthetic is, is neat, but also how they use aesthetics to telegraph some of the horror-esque stuff I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. A little confusing, but definitely, like, very neat. Mine are not a spoiler thing. Mm -hmm. I don't understand. Harry Styles was in One Direction. So... Yes. He's, he's a former boy band member. Why is his mm -hmm. dancing so bad? <laughs> <laughs> See, I really liked that scene because of how bad it was, because... It was also, like, the first, in my opinion, real telegraph of, oh, there's something else going on here, isn't it? Because of how distinctly horrible it is. Even his face during the whole thing, he's just like, I guess I'm just, like, going along with this. He's just flailing <laughs> along like a performing chimpanzee. Yeah, I, I feel like that, I feel like if it's possible to ad-lib dancing, that was what was going on there. Oh, you can 100% ad-lib dancing. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's entirely possible. I'm glad to see that my own limited knowledge of dancing, which is to flail around looking like you're constantly about to fall over, pans out perfectly in the 50s, apparently. <laughs> I guess I was just born in the wrong decade. Mm. I, I, I would say in my particular case, I am definitely born in the correct decade, because the 50s, and not exactly the greatest time for me. <laughs> nah. And I, I feel like the dance has more to it in stuff that we will talk about in spoilers, but gosh, it was just so... And it went on for so long! It went on for freaking ever. Well, there's a much more compelling plot happening in the other room. But, nope, let's just watch Harry Styles spin around in place five times while Chris Pine is like, Woo! Look him go! Yeah, it, it was a thing of like, alright, this isn't even the B plot. This is like the F plot. And we're trying this make this the A plot. It's like, no, the A plot is much more compelling and interesting than whatever the hell this is right now. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know. I'm racking my brains trying to figure out if there's anything else I can think of that's not a huge spoiler. I mean, I don't really have anything else. The only thing I was going to say is as far as closing overall thoughts was I will definitely say I enjoyed this movie much more than I thought it was going to. But I also don't really think I would recommend it either. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm. I think it's probably worth seeing the one time. I don't know if I'd ever really watch it again. It's... Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I'm not... I don't intend this as a knock against the movie because absolutely a film that comes up with an original concept should be lauded, but if a movie does not manage to come up with a completely original concept, that shouldn't be a mark against the movie. Mm-hmm. Unless it's very shittily executed in addition to being unoriginal. Because the truth of the matter is, very little is original at this point. So, yeah. I, that was a big, that was a long walk for a short drink of water. And the thing I was ramping up to was, it's a little bit WandaVision. It's a little bit Black Mirror. It's a little bit Ready or Not, mm. is how I would describe it. And I can definitely see elements of all, all of those in, the, in that movie. So I would say that's a apt description. And if nothing else, saying it's a little bit WandaVision is even funnier, considering we've got Yelena Belova, Cersei, <laughs> Eros, and Norm from uh, WandaVision himself. Mm. Yeah, Peter, his actor Asif Ali, is Norm, Vision's friend in Westview. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, that was him. The guy who, the guy who did the really good job of the creepy acting when he starts freaking out when Vision lets him out of Wanda's control, and then when Vision puts him back under, immediately ad- adopts the most unnerving smile you've ever seen and just goes back to making <laughs> dumb sitcom jokes. Mm. <laughs> That's the guy. That's good acting. <laughs> that was really good. He didn't really get anything like that in this, I'll tell you that. No, absolutely not. It just kind of feels like, oh no, he's found himself in another he's found himself in another fictional sitcom small-town America thing. Norm, get out of there. (laughs) So with that being said, if you don't want to be spoiled on this movie, click away now, because you're going to get spoiled in 3, 2, 1. And then they were in the Matrix. The ending sucked. (laughs) I don't necessarily have a problem with the ending. I have a problem Hmm. with the twist, because as I said, it strains credibility, although admittedly most explanations for what was going on at that point would have needed to strain credibility. Mm. But the ending I'm fine with. I remember at first I was a little bit annoyed that they don't show her waking up, but then I realized, well, if you show her waking up, you've got to address how have her muscles not atrophied? What is she going to do with her boyfriend's dead body lying right next to her? And these are all questions that I'm asking anyway, but they would be 100% unavoidable if they showed her waking up. I mean, I I think I disliked the ending because none of that was explored. And in addition to, also, there are several things that are opened up like before that even happens. Like, we see... Chris Pine get murdered by his wife and go, and she goes, okay, now it's my turn. Yeah, what was that? Are they trying to sequel bait? Yeah, and it was a thing of like, okay, so where is this going? What happens to Bunny now that she's like revealed like what's going on? Because we also see all the men freaking out as Florence Pugh drives away, so, because they also are very aware that this is all fake. So it's like, alright, there are clearly some consequences at play here. What are those consequences? And it's like, up oh, title card. Uh. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's only so much Alice could do to shut down the project because it's not like she knows where anybody else is. Yeah, she mm. has the equipment, but presume I maybe they maybe they don't have a way to disconnect it from their servers, or maybe they do. Although that poses the question: was was Gemma Chan in on it? Uh, I guess she'd have to have been with how she snapped out of it. Yeah, I can imagine so. It seems less, oh, what what have you done to me, you sick, twisted son of a bitch, and more, oh, you you fucking idiot, you couldn't keep this together, and it was the easiest thing in the world. (laughs) Which, no, it's not! What a ridiculously complicated (laughs) setup. I was going to say, kind of to, to like work off of that, my question was going to be, okay, how did Harry Styles in the real world 
How did he get those devices on Florence Pugh without her waking up or noticing or anything like that? I don't know. I don't know if the woman's just, or if her character's just in the heaviest sleeper in existence, but that was kind of like my main thing, where when it shows that she's actually in a simulation and there are these devices on her eyes that keep her in the simulation, my first question was, how? I want to know how this part happened. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I He, he might have drugged her or something. I mean, it's possible. I mean, if he, I mean, if he's if he's enough of a dick to entrap her in a perpetual fifties house Stepford Wives situation, I I I certainly wouldn't put that past him. I was gonna say as well, like in regards to that, like the plot twist I was not expecting with this movie was crazy ass incel basically like kidnaps wife in fake fantasy land. That was that was not what I expected. <laughs> nah. I didn't expect that. I thought it was a mind control experiment project. So what I was thinking was that this whole 1950s thing was the actual setting and there's some Manhattan Project type shit going on. But leftovers from that are actually like getting to the people and that's what's causing the hallucinations. It goes back to what you said, though, where anything else, especially something like that, would have needed much more logistics and probably would have much been much harder to like pull off convincingly. Yeah. I don't know, this is... When I say this film is rife with unfortunate implications, first of all, and I I want to make this a thing, but it's an inevitable observation that raises some points. The one person who gets removed from the simulation before Alice mm-hmm. is the one black actress in this whole thing, who also mentioned that a lot of her scenes got cut. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's interesting. And for as much as the movie is making commentary about misogyny and gender roles and what have you, and don't get me wrong, always attack misogyny head on. It sucks. Don't endorse it. Mm. Don't condone it. Call it out. Exactly. But it's really tone deaf about all the other things that it's stepping around. One of the things that did grab my attention in a certain degree to that was like kind of the makeup of a lot of the the couples in the movie. Because my thought process was, wow, this is a very progressive 1950s with some of these family setups. And that was honestly one of my first clues where it's like, okay, I don't think this is actually happening. (laughs) As absolutely messed up as that sounds. The most disturbing thing I think about the whole thing is when they're showing how... Jack got them involved in that. Mm-hmm. One of the questions is relationship pre-existing. That'll make it easier. That implies that they set up the simulation for men and women who don't have a pre-existing relationship, which implies they are just doing this for straight-up kidnappers. Yeah. I feel like regardless of if there is a relationship or not, the nature of this whole like experiment or whatever is like kidnapping. Oh yeah, don't like don't get me wrong, it's reprehensible either way, but it's just that that one thing really sells how just mm-hmm. skeevy this whole thing is. Yeah. It was also kind of a thing as well of in a certain degree, it's even though I still hate it, I do like how much they set up how skeevy it is. Because when they show like him making his profile and it's like, Oh, I want to be British, where's that coming from? Oh, there's a huge ass James Bond poster on his left side. And then <laughs> I think, like, if I remember right, in one of the scenes where we're looking at the computer, he has, like, 4chan or something pulled up. And that was the thing. It was like, oh, okay. All right, I think I see where we're going with this guy. I have to give the makeup department props for making Harry Styles look as horrible as he does in the real world. Oh, yeah. I thought it was a different actor at first. Oh, same. Because it's a thing of, like... I haven't seen a lot of his works, and I definitely didn't listen to um, any of his music, but it's like, I've seen pictures of him, and it's like, this is not a bad-looking dude at all, so props to these people for, like, just making him look absolutely god-awful. Yeah. And also just making him an utterly reprehensible human being. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that... Uh, Expecting Florence Pugh to make dinner after she's been at work for 30 fucking hours. Yeah. And it's one of those things where, is it eye-rolling over the top? Yes. 
are there people mm-hmm. with this level of entitlement? 100%. Ergo, fine with it. Yeah, with this level of entitlement and lack of empathy or situational awareness. Like, absolutely. <laughs> Let's see, what else was there? Was that... I found a rather unfortunate mm-hmm. uh, quote from Olivia Wilde regarding the sex scenes in this movie. Because it's being framed as some triumphant bit. And it's, uh, apologies for the explicit content, but, y- no, wait, no I don't. <laughs> I don't know why I'm drawing the line here when I drop <laughs> F-bombs left and right. Who gives a fuck? Well, also considering the movie we're talking about yeah, as well. Also considering the movie. Uh, mm. The quote is, men don't come in this film. Only women here. I remember you telling me about that, and I kind of figured it was supposed to be a reverse of kind of the social ex- um, expectation of movies during this period, because I think at the time, like, having showing, like, a female enjoying sex in a movie was considered, like, super taboo. Oh, no, 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 I, I'll agree to that. And to further continue from the same article, she says, Female pleasure, the best versions of it that you see nowadays are in queer films. Why are we more comfortable with female pleasure when it's two women on film? In heterosex scenes in film, the focus on men as the recipients of pleasure is almost ubiquitous. And that is a fair point, mm-hmm. and I understand wanting to change that. But when all the sex scenes in the movie are subservient to this disgusting, gross-ass power fantasy, that is not the feather in your cap that you seem to think it is. Yeah, because ultimately... I mean, ultimately, it's just gross as hell. It's like, yeah, it's showing their pleasure. But the thing is, is that it's being granted and given to the absolutely deplorable human beings that put these women here in the first place. Yeah, it's one of those forests through the trees, hooray, I I guess is... I can't... And I... Fuck. The worst part is I feel like in talking about this, I feel like one of those people who complains about She-Hulk for all the wrong reasons. But mm. it feels performative. I mean, I don't think that's a bad conclusion to come to because it, it kind of is a little bit, in all honesty. It's one of those things where it just feels like one of those things where it's like the movie would have been not better without those, but your reasoning for including them seems backwards. Yeah. Especially when you take it with stuff like Kiki Lane, the actress who played Margaret, getting most of her scenes cut. Mm-hmm. It's one of those, yeah, okay, feminism is important, very good, but you're kind of also stepping all over the message to get there. Yeah, it's kind of a thing of, like, you're... In your efforts to, like, convey an ultimately, like, positive message that I would 100% get around, you're kind of also taking a dump on it at the same time. Yeah. Like, it kind of feels like you're... We see what you're going for, but you're doing more work than you need to, and it actually ends up hurting it at the end. It is at odds with the material you are trying to convey. Mm Mm-hmm. Functionally. Mm. It's kind of like Wonder Woman 84 and the... I don't know why I almost said implicit non-consensual sex, because it is entirely <laughs> explicit that the it guy whose very... body Steve Trevor is in cannot consent to the hanky-panky he and Diana get up to. Yeah. And yet this is not addressed. <laughs> At all. One of the greatest heroes in the world, everybody. Mm. And then they try to spin it into, oh, maybe she'll end up with this guy now. It's like, no! No, absolutely no, not! Yeah. It's it's one of those things where it's the exact same thing as if somebody presents themselves as, I don't know, a movie star or something, and then it turns out they're not. It's like, oh, but he's so charming. And it was like, no! This whole thing was built on false pretenses. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> Anyways, I, I don't, I don't want to get on a Wonder Woman 84 rant. That was just the easiest comparison I could think of to the problem I have with Don't Worry, Darling. Hmm. I, and yet I say that, and yet, mm-hmm. somehow, it doesn't feel damning. Mm. And all I can say is it's just, I like the setup, and I appreciate what it was trying to do. It's just yeah. not especially great at it. 
there is a good movie here. Like, undoubtedly, I think there's a very good movie here, but in trying to make the journeys to the other things it goes to, it's trying to get to, it also just takes away from the final product. Yeah. Uh, the only two final thoughts that I have on the movie is, or three thoughts, is A, there's a car chase in this movie, and it has the most Looney Tunes-ass conclusion I've ever seen. <laughs> okay, yeah, you know what? I don't like the car chase. No, I didn't like the car chase either. Because it's like, especially like with the crash that happens, it's like you're in the middle of a desert. You can go so many different directions and you just have a Looney Tunes-esque head-on with two other cars. I'm like, what? Also, those cars should not have all been able to keep up with a late model first-generation Corvette. Yes, this is me talking about cars, but holy shit, did that actually bother me. <laughs> I feel like the bigger issue, and I'll admit, I'm a lot more comfortable getting into... What is it? I'm much more comfortable making fun of something for obvious logical fallacies rather than subtextual implications. But... Mm -hmm. This whole thing is a simulation. That presumably Frank created and has control over. Right. And yet the best option to stop her from getting out is, when she's driving towards the exit, is have everybody pile in cars and drive after her? You can't disengage from the simulation, make obstacles, close the exit? Yeah, that was kind of... Especially because at that point they know what's going on. It also... Kind of working with that, when the whole thing, when it's revealed that if the man dies in the simulation, they die in real life. And so now it's like, you have to get out of here because now they're going to come for your real life body and kill you. It's like, so why the fuck are they chasing her in the simulation then? <laughs> Presumably to stop her from getting to her body and disengaging her restraints and getting out on her own before they can get to her. Mm. I'll give them that part. That part tracks at least a little bit. And also, potentially, there's an implication that probably she would have died, too, if they'd caught her, because they could have... It, it was presumably, if they caught her and killed her in the simulation, she would also die, and then they would just send people to get rid of her body because they should know where she is because, presumably, they have Jack's information. I mean, I kind of hope that's what it was trying to get at, because otherwise, the way it was worded was a bit confusing. Cause it, 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 it was not conveyed great. Yeah, it sounded like a thing of, like, now, the, but the only way they can stop you is if they kill you in the real world. It's like, but he just died in the simulation from getting a glass smacked on his head. Just do the same thing, as morbid as that sounds. Yeah, just hit her with a hubcap or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have a, I now have a vision in my head of she's getting ready to get in the car, and then somebody just hits her over the head with a tire iron. And it shouldn't be funny, but it is. <laughs> Um, ending song from Seinfeld playing. <laughs> and I say that as somebody who was absolutely rooting for her to get out but oh yeah say <laughs> honestly I feel like my bigger problem is in this psychological thriller that for the most part is a lot of talking I feel like the car crash was or the car chase was completely unnecessary and it, it felt like a studio note of we need a big action set piece and it's, no you don't and even if you did, this is the stupidest way to go about it. I agree with you, because the entire time, as the car chase scene happened, I was like, okay, so why exactly is this here? Yeah. And I think it also serves as a very good illustration of that underlying issue of it is the movie is not conveying what it attempts to convey effectively. Hmm. Still decently fun to watch, though. Yeah! I still stand by what I said. It's like, I don't know if I would necessarily recommend this. I definitely wouldn't go out of my way to see it again. But I did have a better time with it than I was anticipating. And I think that's a worthy accolade in of its own right. Yeah, I'll probably watch it again at some point in a couple of years or something. Mm. It's not quite horror, so I couldn't really justify doing that during a Halloween, but... Yeah, it's definitely much more on the thriller side. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd probably watch it again at some point in a few years or something. Mm -hmm. And it's, I still think, worth watching the one time. Yeah. Just don't expect anything huge out of it. Yeah, no, this, this movie doesn't exactly 
break new ground or anything like that. As I said, book smart better. <laughs> so I think that about wraps this up. Mm-hmm. In which case, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thanks for bearing with my mid-episode plug, and if I may indulge again, like, comment, subscribe. Follow us on Spotify and RSS and all that good stuff. And also make sure to check out Poorly Explained Comics, my new side series of little short videos. They're gonna get better, hopefully. Someday I'll figure out how to thumbnail. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you've seen the thumbnail for this one yet. It is atrocious. <laughs> I'll, I'll look at it real fast. <laughs> I, I have seen much worse. Like, wow. absolutely. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, that's about, seen... that's the worst one I've ever seen, and I made it, so. No, I, I, I'm like, in the entire time that I've, like, used YouTube, I have seen many, many worse thumbnails. Granted, I'm also, like, predisposed to hate the thumbnails for, like, gaming videos that are all, like, bright colors and crazy-ass YouTube faces. And, and red arrows and circles around things, and everybody's got giant eyes. Yeah. Yeah. I want to avoid the heck out of that, but I don't know what else to do. Hence where we're at where we're at now. But anyways, the point is... <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been another episode of Under the Bridge with Cody, a.k.a. the Stroller Troll. And Greg, a.k.a. Greg. And next week, probably either we both see bros or Greg sees bros and I see smile. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm pro of the two, I'm absolutely going to go see bros. Yeah, so I guess we'll figure out whether we're talking about two different movies or not, when we get to it. Mm -hmm. But for now, bye-bye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody.